0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Daddage, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Daddage.
1: All right. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day. So for today, we have one awesome guest. He is a leading authority in personal implementation and consistency. He is a habit master with a documented streak of over 1,453 days in a row and counting. And he is a TEDx speaker with over 190,000 views. And he's a LinkedIn top connector with over 25,000 first-level connections. And he's also known as America's only chief results officer. So let's welcome Blaine Elkers. How are you doing today, Blaine?
0: Hey, Victor. Thank you so much for having me on. I call you Mr. Success. I've been listening to your podcast and I I think I bet that we have some of the same mentors because I love what I hear on your shows. And thank you also for taking the time to put these shows together. This is not an easy deal to schedule it up and have people and record it and then put it out there for the world. Uh, But I I think you're making a difference and and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to share with the listeners today.
1: Thank you, Blaine. I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, So again, it's great to have you on. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'd like to get started, Blaine, by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur in the first place?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I had a few... um... I had a few moments of dawning comprehension, right, where the light bulb goes off and you're never quite the same again. And so the first one of those actually occurred when I was in college. I went to uh, uh, Purdue University and maybe like some of the listeners, I've always been a little bit of a seeker, like how could I do better? How could I improve myself? And I saw this ad. Uh, and the ad said that uh, it was for an audio cassette tape. Now I'm dating myself. This was the 80s. <laughs> Some people might not even know what audio cassette tape is, but anyway, it's a little a little cassette that allows you to play an audio program. And uh, it was actually the the reading of the book "Think and Grow Rich." Um, read by, it was an abridged version, read by Earl Nightingale. So I sent away for this tape. And so I, I listened to it and then I buy the book and I read the book. And what happens for me is I realize, I realize, and I, later I made a little saying called Waitaba, which is an acronym for what you think about, you bring about. And in college, I was lucky that at an early age, I realized that yeah, my thoughts kind of dictate the way I see the world. My thoughts kind of dictate what I'm looking for in the world. My thoughts kind of tell my subconscious brain what you should be looking for in the world. And so, um, but I also realized what you think about, you bring about. Like, I also realized I've got to take action to move towards that thing. Um, so that was my first kind of moment of of, of dawning comprehension. The second one, which kind of led me into the business world, was that, um, so my degree's in computer science. And I met my wife actually at college. We've been married 30 years now, so that that's that's worked out well. Um, but but I was I was on a business trip, and I was working for a software company. I came home from this long business trip, and my son Bo, he was one year old at the time, and he was acting really weird, like like giving me the cold shoulder. And I said, uh, Beth, what what's wrong with Bo? Is, is he sick? Is there something wrong? She goes, No, he's not sick. But you were gone so long, he kind of forgot who you were. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, that That like hit me emotionally, like hard. And then I realized when I was a kid, I'd come home to an empty house, both my parents work. And so on that night, and maybe like some of the listeners, I made a clarifying decision. And this is what kind of set me on the entrepreneurial path is I said, no matter what, I'm going to be a work from home dad. I'm just going to make that happen. Now, uh, so I started, I kept my regular job and I started two different businesses But a year later, I was making enough money. My wife is like, look, if you can make more, we didn't call it a side hustle back then, but but she was basically saying, if you can make more from your side hustle than you do from uh, your regular job, you can leave the job. Um, So it took me a year, but I got there. And I left the job, and I had these two businesses kind of up and running, and I've been a work-from-home dad ever since. That was 27 years ago. So the kids are grown and out of the nest now. Uh, but but that got me into uh, you know that that emotional drive to want to be for, be around. You know, as the kids grew up that that emotional drive pushed me to start a couple of businesses. And, um, and then later, a little bit later, I I figured out what do I really want to do and I want to help people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. So I started a company called self fluence. And that that's what I still run today, uh, kind of the art and science of influencing yourself.
1: Uh-huh. That's some really awesome stuff there, Blaine. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So yeah, you were always a seeker. You you know, you know, had this light bulb when you were in college, you saw this ad for an audio, because then it turned out to be for Thinking Green Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was by the great Earl Nightingale, who uh, really people should listen to his audios, the Stranger seeker in the world, listen to it daily. That guy was really awesome. And Thinking Rich has inspired so many entrepreneurs over the last what 85 years or something like that. It, it is yeah. definitely a great book. If if you've never read it, I highly recommend it. And one of the lessons you t- you uh, mentioned is. What you think about, you bring about, and really, it, very often, our thoughts become a self-fulfilling prophecy because it goes, you mentioned the subconscious mind. It, they really penetrate your subconscious mind, which makes the vast majority of our decisions. So if you're thinking negative thoughts throughout the day, you're very likely going to have a negative life. If you think positive, empowering thoughts, you are much more likely to have a positive life. So people don't realize how much their thoughts are uh affecting everything that they do. And the for the vast majority of people, the most of their thoughts, unfortunately, is negative because of what they've been exposed to. And you also made me think of the book as A Man Thinking by James Allen, which I think is a really great read uh, because he talks about many of the same things. And you mentioned that you were a computer science science major, and that's where you met your wife, and congratulations on being married for 30 years. Uh, that's awesome. You mentioned, you shared the experience how you went on a business trip and you came back and, and it seemed like your son was ignoring you. you were wondering what was happening. Your wife says, because well, you've been away for so long, he didn't yeah. recognize you. And, and 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 you had an aha moment there. And that made me think of the song Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. So for those that <laughs> yeah. haven't, haven't listened to it, it's this guy is going all these business trips, and and the son says, I'm gonna be just like him. And and what happens is when he grows up, he does wind up being like his father. He doesn't have time to see his father. His father's retired. And his son doesn't have any time to see him because he's so busy working. So then he says, I just realized my boy was just like me. He'd grown up just like me. So he wanted to be the same kind of person as his father was because he didn't spend much time with him. So he copied what his father did. And now he's not spending time with him. But you uh, did not do that. Uh, you realized, man, I got to change this. And you started doing these two businesses on the side, which we today would call a side hustle. And after a year, you're making really good money. And in fact, your wife was saying, well, if, you, if it comes to the point where you're making more money from these side, these two businesses you're doing than from your job, you can leave And that's what you did. And that was 27 years ago. And you've been able to be a full-time father you know, to, to your son, Bo, because you were able to spend, you said, I'm going to be a work-from-home dad and 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 that's great because you've been able to spend so much time. I'm sure you have an incredible relationship with your son because you made the decision. You said, "I'm not going to have that happen to me. I'm going to be a father to this kid." And I, you know what? Everyone's lives been enriched. I'm sure your marriage has gotten so much better because you're also spending more time with your wife because you're at home now. So I'm sure all these all these things you did has led to many great things, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it did, and it was. Um you know uh yeah i mean life you still have your struggles and all that but but having that flexibility you know in, in working from home and, and if you're not working from home you know looking for you know those pockets of time to to invest in other people uh you know one of the interesting things is i i often i, I study people in their last few weeks of their life and they never said you know i wish i would have worked more or any of that they always say I wish I had more memorable moments with the people I love. Now, the people they love could be family, friends. It could be coworkers or or peers or just people, you know, good friends that they they used to hang out with, but they all wanted more memorable moments with those people. So when you get that opportunity to have those moments, take it. The only other thing they say, uh, you know, in those last few weeks is I wish I had more impact with what I learned. So again, you know, you know, if you need to get on a podcast like like Victor's here, uh, you know, to be able to share some of that wisdom to kind of help those people who are who are kind of coming, you know, coming behind you. And you know, Victor, you're right about the what you kind of talked about the head trash, you know, and that people, you know, you you have these thoughts and there's all these voices, you know, in, inside your head telling you you can't do it and doubt and fear and all these different things, which part of your brain is trying to protect you from harm, uh, but you really th- those garbage thoughts that don't serve you. You've got to figure out ways to get rid of those. And and, and there's some reactive ways that, you know, we could talk about about that if you want, but there's reactive ways you can immediately turn that around. And then there's proactive ways that over time you can kind of, uh, I often say the solution to pollution is dilution right? So you got to dilute down the negative by pouring in the positive. And and I'm going to go out of the limb that, you know, this guy, I'm going to say my number one mentor was a guy named Jim Rohn. So, so Victor, have you ever heard of Jim Rohn?
1: Oh, absolutely. Jim Rohn has influenced so many people like Tony Robbins and many other great successful people. He, I, he, I, I, he has a lot of great quotes. I, I I've learned a lot from, I love Jim Rohn. Yeah. Continue with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he um you know he is my favorite mentor. Now everybody needs a mentor. Now Jim's not no longer with us, but his stuff is available on Audible and, and YouTube. And and when I back when I was younger and 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 I didn't have all my head trash taken out like I do today, I might need like five to six hours of positive pouring in my mind for one hour of where I lost it, right? Where, where the doubt took in the self-pity party, the victim, you know, you know, all the the garbage, right? I would have to have like, you know, five or six hours of Jim Rohn or of a great book, or I had to pour in the positive and dilute down the negative. Now today, today I'm probably down to one-to-one ratio. If I have a bad hour, I only need one hour of Jim Rohn to bring it back or Earl Nightingale uh, or, or whatever, but that's that's on the proactive side. I, the other thing I started a long time ago was I did start the habit of taking a mind shower. So 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 most people, you take a physical shower every day. But I realized I got to like wash out the head trash every single day. Uh, and, and so that's a proactive thing you can do. I, I use an app called Headspace. Uh, for that, there's also an app called Calm, Insight Timer. Abide is is a Christian one that I really like too. Um, but but anyway, all those apps they they walk you through this process of calming your mind, clearing out the negative, uh, and kind of resetting your lens for the day. I, I like to do that that in the morning. Um, so, so anyway, those are some some kind of proactive things you can do to pour in the positive and and dilute down the negative.
1: No, I love what you shared there. Uh, number one, you talk about when people on their deathbed—they don't talk about. I wish I spent more time in the hours. They say, I wish I had more memories with my loved ones, and also I wish I had more impact with the things that I've learned. Uh, and that's and that have that happens with just about everyone. And I loved, you know you brought up Jim Ross. He's 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 he had so many great sayings. He would he say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So it's very important you you surround yourself with people who are not negative, who won't bring you down, people who are positive or successful. Because you tend to be around, the, you know, the people you tend to be around are going to affect you. So parents know this instinctively, which is why they tell their kids, stay away from them, because they are bad news, because they know if yeah. they stay around with kids and start trouble, they're going they're to start getting into trouble. So parents know this instinctively. And I love uh, go, the solution to pollution is dilution. You got to dilute it, because we're exposed to so many negative things. And, and I like your five to one ratio five hours of positive stuff in the beginning to one hour, you know, to overcome one hour negative stuff. And actually, uh, some guy wrote a thing about successful marriages, successful marriages have a ratio of five positive statements from each spouse to the other for every negative uh, statement to each other. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times it's the other way around, which is why a lot of people get into trouble. But if you see five positive things for every negative thing you say to your spouse, your chance of having a successful marriage increase. So I love that. Um, and Jim Rohn also said, You can't hire someone to do your push-ups for you. So, no one can succeed for you. Your mentors can guide you, but they can't take the action steps. For you you got to do it on your own. And he was guided by this guy named Earl Schofield, who we talked about uh, a lot, who influences his life. So, yeah, mentors, I think, are very important. And I love some of the apps you shared: at Headspace, Calm, Abide. And uh, yeah, there, there's so many things people don't, I think a lot of people, um, You're making people realize how important it is to work on your personal development and your mindset because it's not enough to know the things to do. Because you know what? People know, for example, how to lose weight. And a lot of people want to lose weight, but they can't. Why? Because they have a negative mindset. So, it, it, and and they don't wind up losing the weight. So a lot of people know the steps they need to do to become successful, but because of the, what's in between their ears is very negative, they wind up self-sabotaging. So I'm glad you bring that up because a lot of people underestimate the importance of mindset and personal development. They say, ah, that's just, you know, Pollyanna stuff, but it is really important. So I'm glad you brought that up. And could you talk about how much, your know, your the work on your mindset and personal development has Uh, Impacted your career and the careers of the people you've helped coach as well?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you you mentioning Earl Shove, I mean, you are, you know, you are a student of Jim Rohn to know that Jim Rohn's mentor was that guy, Earl Shove. And Jim often said, like, like, I would say Jim Rohn, he has these, I call him a seminar in a sentence. Like he'll just say this one sentence, like Shove told him one time, he said, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better and like when you were like wait i don't wish for less problems uh, wish for more wisdom right uh you, you know you, you can't grow without a challenge you can't fly without gravity i mean but all that stuff that that uh, show said to him and then he kind of curated it and then he passed it on to us so anyway if, if people are looking for for uh some great uh mentor there jim Rohn is is definitely uh definitely a great one but yeah the the headspace uh you know is is the biggest thing and and there's a quote you know when you argue for your limitations you get to keep them. Uh and so most of the time you're 100% correct that people like if i say name three things you should do for your health, everybody can name it. Name three things you should stop doing for your health. Everybody can. We don't need more information anymore, right? We need, you know, and and, and information is not transformation. You've got to do this stuff. You got to take action, you got to implement, right? We need more implementation. Uh you know, and so but most of the things, most of the time that people are stopped, It is their own head trash. It is their own limiting beliefs. I'm to this, I'm to that. And your mind is so powerful. The cool thing about the, the this book, Thinking Where Rich, talks a lot about, you know, what you think about, you bring about. But now science has come around and said, hey, there's this little thing in the back of your brain called the reticular activating system. And that's the thing that passes the ideas from the subconscious, you know, up to the conscious. Now, if, if all the stuff came through, there, there's thousands of things happening right now. All your senses are taking in data. You're, you're monitoring your, your blood pH and your breathing and your heart's pumping and your muscles are moving, you'd go crazy, you know, but instead the subconscious mind handles all that. But then this reticular activating system, it's the part of the mind that brings stuff up to the conscious mind and, and, and has you tune into that thing. Right. Uh, and so it's what, when you use like spaced repetition, um, for your goals or, or whatever, uh, you know, and, and you do that over time, then the RAS starts to look for the things uh, that that will serve you instead of things that will hurt you. Now, the RAS is sitting there. And if you say, you know, I'm too fat, I'm too fat, I'm too fat. The Raz is going to say, okay, you're too fat. And I'm going to keep showing you why you're so fat, right? Uh, so you have to be careful with that that self-talk. Um, and, and I'll give you one. This is my favorite reactive head trash. Annihilator is a very simple two words. And what, what you do is you just say, yeah, but. So you, yeah, but yourself, uh, and you can also, yeah, but other people's. But when you have that limiting belief, like you say, I don't have enough time for my business. Okay? So then you're if you stop there, your brain says, yeah, you don't, because you got this, you got that, you got to prep for Victor's podcast, you got to do this, you got to do that. No, but if you say, I I don't have enough time for anything, yeah, but... Then give your brain a second. Yeah, but I control my schedule. Yeah, but I could delegate. Yeah, but I could hire somebody. Yeah, but I could use the 80-20 rule and and get rid of 80% of the stuff I do. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. That yeah, but flips your brain around to try to help you, right? I can never lose weight. Yeah, but I can throw out all the junk food. Yeah, but I could start exercising today, you know, and so allow your brain to help you instead of hurt you. So when you do hit the negative patch, which we all do, voices of doubt, garbage thoughts that don't serve you, yeah, but them, and uh, and you're going to start seeing that, do that to other people. You'll hear someone say, well, I can never do that. Yeah, but, and then just stop right there and see if their brain answers, your brain will be answering inside. You'll be able to give them some good advice, but let's all start, yeah, butting each other.
1: No, I love that. And, you know, you mentioned when you argue for your limitations, you keep them, which is so true. So many people argue for what they can't do instead of focusing on what they can do because uh when you focus on the things you can do again it comes to your subconscious mind you brought up the reticular activating system which is also known as the rest and that filters out because you know, like you said your mind is bombarded with thousands and thousands of thoughts every single day and your conscious mind cannot handle them that's why your subconscious mind filters out the things that considers that is unimportant which is why you decide you know what i'm going to buy a red car all of a sudden you go outside you notice all these red cars did they just pop out of nowhere? They were always there, but it became important to your subconscious mind. That's why you start noticing them. That's why what you think about often becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're focusing on it now. you will, If you think there are no opportunities, you will notice them even if they're right in front of you. But if you think there are opportunities out there when a good one's presented to you, you will start noticing it because your rafts will make sure you notice them. If you've ever been to the airport, you hear all these names, being mentioned on on you know on the sound system you ignore them but then you hear your name you're like boop you, you notice it why because your name is important to you so yeah i'm glad you brought up the reticular activations because it's so important you need to work on it your self-talk is very important i'm glad you brought that up there's a great book by a guy named dr shad helmser which is called what to say when you talk to yourself And that changed my life because it made me realize how negative much my self talk was. So I had to work on changing. And and as a result, uh, I I say a lot fewer negative things. And you mentioned the fact, negative thoughts will still come. You can't avoid them, but you can fight them. And I love the yeah, but. So no matter what, you'll come up with this negative thought. You can say, yeah, but I can do this instead. So that's a great example of it. So. You know, all hope is not lost. If you deal with negative situations, there are people who grew up in poverty and misery. But because they worked on that mindset, they worked on their personal life, they became very successful. Not everyone who grows up in, in poverty winds up poor the rest of their lives. There are a lot who became very successful. So, you know, you definitely share some really great stuff there. And, it, you know, talk a little bit about the fact uh, you call yourself the chief results officer. So um, talk about how you help your clients get results in their business.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I started this company called Self Fluence in 2009. And then I started working with some friends who had mastermind groups. And so mastermind groups of business owners. So one was like all attorneys, one was all dentists. And they said look would you come and be kind of our mindset results person so i said yeah i'd love to do that stuff so i helped them and i organized them into small peer groups uh that would meet every week uh first on conference call lines then later on zoom and so we uh w- what happened is they said hey we're getting results every week using your frameworks we're going to call you the chief results officer. And I go, hey, I like that title. I never heard that before. Uh, and so I liked it. I took the title. And then I went to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and nobody had it. So I actually uh, paid paid a few hundred dollars and it, and it took maybe eight months, but but I got the registered trademark. So the R with the circle. That's why I can say I'm America's only chief results officer. Um, but basically I'm there helping people with what I call personal implementation. And that's getting yourself to do the things you know you should do, but you're not doing, uh, and so we do that in a number of ways. Um, uh, definitely, there's accountability, right? So we got accountability partners, um, you know, and 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 to be honest. The, the the five or seven day days a week texting someone's some account texting an accountability partner that has probably gotten the most results like you you're you can be accountable to yourself, but you know it's not as strong as if you're accountable to some other person who you respect, especially if it's a peer. So so we do a lot of accountability. Um, the other thing I really like is that we do super results days. So a couple of days a month, three days a month, we set aside a day where we get on Zoom in the morning, and then every three hours we come back, and everybody's crushing their own to-do list that day. Uh, very high accountability. We also mastermind, solve any problems that that come about. Um, but it's just this day you dedicate to cleaning up all your loose ends, and then also learning something new. Each day has a little theme, um, but but you're learning something new that day. But you're also kind of crushing your to-do list, uh, you know, during that day. So super results days, high levels of accountability, and. I, I write a lot of articles and and um you know have master classes and things like that to help people uh, as well but but the super results day is probably the thing I like the most.
1: All uh, right good I never heard of super results day but it sounds like very powerful it seems like people get a lot done during those days so I I, I... That sounds like a very good concept, and uh, for those that are listening, you definitely should look into doing something like that. And and definitely the first one, accountability. I think that is so important because, especially when you work when you when you work at a job, you have your boss who keeps you accountable. If you don't do the stuff, you're going to get into trouble, possibly get fired. But when you're an entrepreneur, you're working for yourself, you really don't have anyone to keep you accountable. And it's so easy to get distracted at home. There's so many things that can distract you. And you really need to get an accountability partner. Like you said, texting each other every day or calling each other for five minutes just to keep each other accountable. Because when you know that each day you have to talk to your accountability partner and then you're going to say, oh, I didn't do what I was supposed to, then they don't want to hear any excuses. These they, they, You need to get the things done. So when you know you have to report to someone, you're much more likely to get things done. You're not going to procrastinate. So I agree. That's something very powerful. Uh, accountability has definitely helped me become much better at what I do. So I, I definitely highly recommend that. And, um, you, know, and you mentioned something about Jim Rohn singing out seminar in a sense. You used to talk about something uh, which is called creating new habits in 21 seconds instead of 21 days. Well, could you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so this concept of it's a framework called 21 second habits, right? So that's how to create a new habit in 21 seconds, not 21 days, right? So if they told you it takes 21 days to create a new habit, you know, somebody lied to you, we're sorry, uh, and and we'll show you how 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 it's done. Now, these frameworks that that we teach through this company I have called Self Fluence, um, everything you need is within reach, right? You're already doing it, And you can master it if you want. So the same, those concepts, uh, you know, are are the same for the 21 second habits. Everyone is kind of already a habit master, right? And so I often tell people, I ask people, you know, uh, have you brushed your teeth in the last 24 hours? And, you know, every hand goes up. Maybe there's a denture or two in there, but, but all the hands go up. And then I say, well, how long have you brushed your teeth? you know every day and they they say decades i'm like okay so you are already a habit master right and so the first key there's there's three keys to these 21 second habits the first key uh, i'll tell you a little story about my wife she used to have nearly daily migraine headaches and so the doctor said, look, here's this headache log. You got to fill it out every day. What's the weather? What, what foods did you have? How much sleep did you get? What's the barometric pressure? I mean, it was, it was quite, quite uh, detailed and my wife could do it for a day or two. And then she'd lose the log. She'd forget to do it. Then she'd have another migraine. And it was just, it was terrible. Um, and, and we were getting nowhere until I was watching her brush her teeth one night. And I'm like, you know, Beth, she's, uh, she brushes her teeth like the full dentist recommended two minutes in the morning and at night. And I said, honey, I've got it. Take the headache log, put it underneath the toothbrush and the toothpaste. And then when you're brushing your teeth, fill out the log. Now you're never going to lose the log because you know where it is. It's always in the bathroom under the toothbrush. And you're going to get four minutes of log time every single day. And then she went 90 days in a row filling that log out. Uh, 90 days in a row, uh, got it back to the doctors. Now, maybe she has a migraine once every couple of months. So it's super good. But that is the first key to the 21 second habit is what we call habit linking, where you link the new habit to an existing habit that requires no willpower that you already do automatically, like my wife in in brushing her teeth. So when I saw that, I said, okay, honey, well, let me think about this. I want to start two new habits. Uh, I wanted to, uh, I have this Bible app, you version Bible, app. I want to do this Bible app every morning. And I want to take this mind shower every morning, right? I want to wash out my mind, you know, get the garbage, the head trash. I want to take it out every day. Like, like people take a physical shower, uh, you know, but let, let's wash out the mind. And so what I've said is what do I do every morning? No willpower required. And you know what I do? I open my smartphone. Every single morning, I open my smartphone, no willpower required. So what I did is I, I opened my phone, I moved all the apps off the home page, and I just put the two apps, the Bible app and an app called Headspace. Um, there's a couple of other apps, Calm is another good one, uh, Insight Timer, Abide. Anyway, there's a lot of good apps there, but I put those on my phone. And when I open my phone, uh, which takes no willpower, I have to do those two apps before I'm allowed to touch anything else inside the phone. Now, this is the second key. So the first key is habit linking to a habit you already master. The second key is you have to have some urge surfing. What I mean by that is you have to surf the urge to wanna to go do something that forces you to go do the new habit. So in my case, when I open that phone, guess what I see along the bottom? That's right, I've got text messages, my son lives in Denmark. I've got text messages, emails. I've got orders that have come in. I want to know what's happening in social media and in the world, and what what happened while I was asleep. I have this big urge to want to check all that stuff, and I I surf that urge. I use that the energy of that urge to get me to go do those two apps. And that is um, when I say documented streak. Those apps keep track. Today was day one thousand seven hundred and thirty four days in a row documented in those apps. Those documented streak that I've been able to do that because i use the concept of habit linking and urge surfing the last part is leverage the third part of it is leverage and you with 21 second habits you want to try to get some leverage on yourself and that can be the carrot or the stick meaning you can say if i do this habit for three days i'm going to do this or if i do it for a week i'm going to buy this book like having some reward for yourself that works and then having some kind of pain or penalty also works so like my wife will say well if you don't keep that new habit uh, you've got to wash the garbage cans and she knows I don't like don't like to wash the outside garbage cans, right? So she'll add that leverage on me and that'll kind of spur me to do it. If she really wants me to do it, she'll say, you have to wash the neighbor's garbage cans on the side where they'll probably shoot me if I touch his garbage cans. <laughs> but anyway, so so you add that um, that that uh, you know that that leverage. And then the other thing psychologically, there's leverage after about three or four days in a row. Once you get three or four days in a row, you don't want to break the chain. You don't want to break the street. Right. So so again, habit linking. So pick a new habit you want, but then figure out a, a habit you could link to that you're already a master at. That happens with no willpower. Then surf some urge like my wife. She can't go to bed with that that gritty feeling on her teeth. Right. So the urge to brush her teeth, you know, is there to push her to to do the log because um, she doesn't get to brush her teeth until she started the log. Right. And then that leverage that that penalty or that reward and then create the streak. So that's the framework behind the 21 second habit.
1: No, that is some really awesome stuff, Blaine. And and thanks for sharing that example of your wife. And you you mentioned everyone's already a habit master. We already have habits that we're doing all throughout the day. In fact, probably 90% of the things we do each day is is habits. So you talked about she's had almost daily migraine headaches. So her doctor said, you know, take a look at everything that you do, the things you eat every single day. And then she would do it sometimes, but, you know, sometimes she would not do it. So then, You notice one day she was brushing her teeth. She said, while you're brushing your teeth, keep a log. So she would do it in the morning for the two minutes she was brushing. Then she would like write on the log. And then in the evening while she was brushing, she would write. it. And she did that for 90 consecutive days. And then it became a habit. All because of those four minutes she spent each day brushing. So, and you mentioned the fact, habit linking, which is, I think, a great concept. You link the new habit to habit you're already doing, which which you do without even thinking, which is what your wife was doing. You know, she brushes her teeth every day. No one thinks about it. You just go brush their teeth. And, and I like, again, I love the concept of the mind shower because the truth is, uh, we take all kinds of showers to clean ourselves. We don't think about the fact what well, we feed our mind because garbage in, garbage out. So if you, good things in, good thing out. So we always protect our box. We wanna watch, we eat good quality food, We exercise, we, you know, shower, We take baths. But we don't think about the fact, we need to take a mind shower. We gotta clean our mind too because that is our most popular, our most valuable resource. And a lot of people do not take good care of it. And I like the example you shared about your open phone. You know, every you open your phone every single morning. So you move all the apps out of the way. and You just put in the Bible and the Headspace and you open it up every day. And before you touch anything else, you go through those two. You go through the Bible and the Headspace. And you also uh, linked it to Urge Surfing because, you know, you see these things. You have text messages to go through, emails, orders. But you know you can't touch until so you go through the Bible and the Headspace. So I like the fact you set that up every single day. You open up your phone. You go through those two apps. And then you can get to everything else. So that's really great. So, and the importance of leverage, you know, a carrot or a stick. So, I like the idea, of, you know, reward yourself because sometimes when you're not rewarded for doing these things, your subconscious mind is saying, this is drudgery. But if you're going to reward yourself, maybe I'll buy something for myself, treat myself to a dinner or whatever, your subconscious mind will start saying, oh, this is fun. You know, if we do these things and make it a habit, I'm going to get rewarded for this. But also, you mentioned the stick. If you don't do it, then you, there's some sort of punishment and you'll do things you do not want to do. And that's also a powerful incentive. So, you know, you're going to do something you can't stand. So, to avoid pain, you will keep doing the habit. So, leveraging is something very powerful. So, as we're getting toward the end of our interview, Blaine, are there any last minute tips or pieces of advice you'd like to leave for our audience? Because you shared a lot of great wealth so far.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I really tried to make sure my kids learn. And and you're, you said it today is the power of your own mind. Like the power that your thoughts have actually ends up creating your physical reality. And so I often talk about this last point is I often talk about what I call the lens of the future. And, and so your thoughts kind of create this, this lens by which you look at the world. Right. And so that's what determines what happens physically for you in your world. Right. So Jim Rohn said, you know, uh, you know, Jim Rohn says it's not what happens. That determines your life future. It's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. Now we can't control circumstance, but we control, we can control how we react to those circumstances. But this lens is the most important thing. And and when I take my mind shower, I'm really setting the lens for the day. And I'll I'll give you an example. So if I said, Victor, I'm really sorry. I want to apologize. But for some reason today, I just have the sense that today's going to be like one of the worst days of your life. So then you go out in the day and you're in New York City and you go to cross the street and you're almost hit by a car. Now, you're almost hit by a car and you're shaking and you're trembling. You're like, oh, Blaine was right. I was almost hit by this car. And and physically, neurologically, physiologically, you're going to be scared and timid. What's going to come next? And you're going to be you know scared and withdrawn. And physically, your body is going to be like that, right? And so that's the way it shows up physically in your life. Now, let's go back. Let's rewind to the morning. And I'm going to give you a different lens. And I say, Victor, I don't know why, but today's going to be one of the freaking best days of your life. Then you go out, same street, same car. You're almost hit by the car again. But this time you say, wait a second, the universe, God has a reason. My life was spared. I'm here. You're happy. You're joyful. You're looking up. You're smiling. You're looking for the next great thing to happen. And all that was, was the lens. Your, your thoughts create that lens. And so whatever you're looking for, you know, what you think about, you bring about, whatever you look for that's what you're going to find. And so if you're looking for the silver linings, you're going to find it. But if you're looking for the the dummies and the bad stuff, you're going to find that too. But it really just comes down to your interpretation of that and, and what you look for in what happens in life, not what happens in life.
1: No, I totally agree with you that. You will find what you look for. I like that phrase, lens of the future. Like, so you tell me in the morning, Victor, you to have a horrible day. I get hit by a car. I was saying, I would say, man, Blaine was right. And I said been a horrible day but if you say to me in the the beginning of the day you know victor i think you have an amazing day and i always get hit by the car i say to myself man that was close but you know what? i'm lucky i get to live i have many more years to live i could have been hurt badly could have been killed it's how you react to the situation it's not just the situation but how you react to it that's where your power lies uh something i learned from i guess pretty pretty much similar to what you said i learned from my another mentor my jack campbell he has this equation e plus r equals o Event plus response equals your outcome. It's not just the event, it's your response to the event, which is what you were saying. Your power lies in your response. Many people can have the same event, but they have a different response, which is why they have a different outcome. That's where your power lies. If You, you have the choice as to how you respond to the event. So certain things you have no control over, you know, there's an earthquake or something, but you can choose how you respond to it. So again, remember, it's how you respond to the situation that's very powerful. So that's where you're lies, and you can do a lot of great things. It's, it's not like you are powerless. You you, know, you have control over certain things. Your response... Is, is the one thing you can control that can change your outcome. So, Blaine, listen, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You shared a lot of great pieces of, avi- of advice, a lot of great wisdom. And I know the people listening definitely uh, got a lot out of all the great stuff you shared. So, number one, I want to thank you for being on the show. And before I let you go, Blaine, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you?
0: Yeah, the best thing is just go to blainetedx.com. So it's B-L-A-I-N-E-T-E-D-X.com. There you can opt in. I did a TEDx talk about Y-T-A-B-A, what you think about, you bring about. And so you can get that, but then we'll be connected. Uh, And so you'll have my email, you'll get my articles, you'll uh, be invited to the super results stage. But if I can serve you in any way, I'd be happy to do it.
1: Awesome, sounds good. Thanks again, Blaine, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Have yourself an amazing day.
0: All right. Thank you, Victor. Appreciate it. I'll leave the listeners with this. The bad news, the bad news is time flies. The good news, you're the pilot. So pilot well, my friends, pilot well.
1: I love that pilot well. Take care, everyone. Have a great day, all.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.